0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Demian Farnworth. He is the chief content writer at Copyblogger and Rainmaker, uh, participates in not only their content production and strategy, but also participates in some of the podcasting that they're doing over there in the network at Copyblogger and Rainmaker.fm. So Demian, thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, John.
0: So I love to tear apart titles sometimes. And, boy, I have interviewed some people with some really interesting titles. But what does a chief content writer
1: actually right? do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I basically like, – I was talking to Jared about this the other day. Basically, my job is to write stuff. So I, so what that boils down to, my responsibilities are pretty much amount to this, um, writing a, a pretty pretty much a weekly um, substantial article for the Copyblogger blog. And then any side projects that we have going on behind the scenes, landing pages, um, you know, PDFs, uh, ebooks, any any sort of extracurricular side projects we might have going on. So,
0: so you you already I was going to ask about this, and you already mentioned it. Um, the you know, the long, substantial, thoroughly researched piece. Uh, that, you know, you have a the copy blogger has a person, you know, that is assigned to I mean, is that where the bar has been raised today? I mean, the, the idea that a business owner could crank out a couple 500 word blog posts uh, in a in a week and call it done. I mean, is that is that is that dead? I mean, do we have to have this committed department of writers?
1: That's a good question. I think it just depends upon where you're at and what's your niche, you know, like your your competitive and, and how you can, you know, carve out, I guess, space in that. Um, and, of course, when Brian started back in 2006, there, there, there were people in the field, but he... Um you know approached copywriting with a very unique you know kind of punk ethic, and so that drew kind of you know drew a ton, drew a ton of interesting people to the to the table and so and I think now yeah I mean you know for a company like copyblogger who is in some sense uh, you know an industry leader right. you know we we have to i mean it's a responsibility for us to you know to create content that is well researched and I think too yeah I mean a lot of a lot of big companies you've probably seen this happen too is a lot of big companies are hiring marquee names just for the name alone because they got their own audience in some sense. And, you know, and we've always sort of been that way too. It's like, you know, we love our favorite, you know, writers or publishers or columnists and stuff like that. So in some sense, they're picking up, you know, they're allowing a writer to build their own personal brand and, and, and not, you know, kind of policing what they do on social media, but, you know, letting them, you know, honoring their talent and their discipline and letting them run.
0: You know, one of the things that I've seen change, there was this, um, the, this, you know, I've, I, I actually I have to put always throw this plug in uh, just uh, you you so Brian can listen to this, uh, but uh, you know I had been blogging for about three years by the time uh, Brian started. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Right, but exactly. uh, um, and there used to be this huge like blog every day. You know, it's, right. it's like your journal. You know, you need to be writing something in there. And I'm seeing more and more people, people who actually uh, generate a significant amount of you know, SEO ranking, traffic, you know, backlinks, shares, you know, all those things that, that have said, you know, instead of writing five or six posts a week, write one, uh, mm-hmm. but just make it 2000 words or whatever is going to be enough to, to tell the story, create a checklist with it, have a video <laughs> element to it. Um, mm-hmm. w- would you say that 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 approach for the person that maybe doesn't have the, the team of writers is the way to go today?
1: I think so. Yeah, because, you know, uh, as the sort of business owner, you're also the the you know the subject matter expert, and so always having it in your voice is great. But yeah, it's creating something that's substantial and that's that stands out. I think of people like you know our um, Marcus uh, uh, Sheridan, and you know with his pool company and you know, creating content for that. He just basically answered you know consumers' mm-hmm. questions that's is what right. he did. But but yeah, you know, uh, but creating something of value because we always talk about like you know you, you've got to do something that. People actually want, and so, um, and so you have to be familiar about what that kind of stuff is. So there is some, you know, research that needs to be done. But I, yeah, I think, you know, um, that's a great way to do it because yeah, I was talking to James um, Altucher the other day, and uh, he was talking about like now we've kind of reached a point where we are now what people are like our blogs themselves are just vehicles, and um, like they get us to the point which is now what you know we and our content, whether it's consulting or kind of you know selling a membership site or selling books or selling some other kind of product line software something like that, ultimately. Um, I think you know, a lot of people have success with that, with that, you know, once a week long form type of uh, content. It's the promotion side of the thing that really matters, though, you know, mm-hmm. at that point.
0: Yeah. Well, so one of the things I want to let people off the hook on, though, and you mentioned um, Marcus uh, w- with his pool company, his spa company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think there are a heck of a lot. You know, a lot of times we tend to, we marketers, we content uh, marketers tend to really say, this is how it has to be done, because this is what works for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, sometimes I think we don't have the view of what that pool company or that remodeling company or that, you know, plumber (laughs) has. And and in some cases, just I still think there's a great opportunity to answer questions to to do things that are going to really help you on the local level. And I think it sometimes can be intimidating when when people like you and I sit around and say, no, you have to write 2000 words and thoroughly researched, I think there's still a place for a lot of businesses.
1: Yeah, no, that's why, you know, anybody, especially like those, you know, hyperlocal people, chiropractors, dentists, you know, whatever, it's like, you know, um, f- f- first step is to research, find out what your competitors are doing, because a lot of times in that situation, they're not doing anything. And so it's it really the, the barrier to entry is low than at that. And you don't have to do that, you know, that much, uh, much of work, but like find out who your customer is always like, you know, any kind of content creation, it always begins with knowing who your customer is and then knowing what the competition is. What the market looks like because that's where you you have to start.
0: Yeah, and I've said this more than once on this show. You know, go look at your sent email. You've probably written, Mm. you know, a hundred blog posts just answering people's questions. So that could be a great place to look. It's a great
1: place to repurpose content, yeah.
0: So how do you, again, this idea of content, uh, you know, a lot of times that's like content strategy is I wake up on Monday and decide what to write. (laughs) Um, How do you truly marry content and your overall marketing strategy, your overall marketing objectives? Because I see a lot of people that there's a huge disconnect there. It's it's content for content's sake rather Mm -hmm. than for some specific intention.
1: Well, like it's sort of, I sort of mentioned a few minutes ago, is that idea it starts with the con- you know consumer, and depending on how long you've been in the business, you're going to have a pretty good handle on you know who that is. But you know if you if if you don't know, then start asking you know very specific questions, start digging. You know, sit down with uh, Joanna Wiebe. You know, she says like you only ever have to conduct like ten or ten to twelve interviews with consumers, sort of like you know very deliberate interviews with them to find out like t- to get ninety percent of what you need to know. And I think that is so helpful there's been you know and cuz it then like you, like we talked about it's like the questions that we answer, the questions that they ask the the what are their, their what are they worried about what are they what are they hope you can accomplish for them you know why do they like you what do they hope you can do for them and and when you start getting those answers then you start Looking at so you know what's being asked, and then you say, okay, is there is that being uh, are those questions being answered outside of that, like in your market? And then once you figure that out, then you can have a better understanding. Okay, so like all this kind of basic stuff, maybe I, I don't need, but maybe I need to go mid level and start answering some of these stuff. Although I do recommend everybody like assume nothing. If you're starting a blog, assume nothing. Assume your your consumer knows nothing, and just start from the very beginning.
0: So one of the other things that I see people doing a lot, again, is, is they think, okay, I start this blog. I start writing about stuff. Maybe that gets me some traffic. Maybe that gets me some links. But how do we think, start thinking in terms of the customer journey with our content? So in other words, yeah, okay, well step one is somebody has to find me. They have to become aware of the, that maybe I'm a smart guy. But how do we then use content to move them to the point where they, they not only trust me, they, they, they want to buy from me. They want to talk about me. They want to refer me. I mean uh, do, do, do you at Copyblogger think in terms of sort of the intention for various uh, forms of content?
1: Yeah, absolutely, we do. I mean, we have uh, you know one of the ways you talk about customer journey. You know, we see it from you know they show up whether by social or by search, and then they subscribe and they may join a newsletter and then eventually join you know authority our membership site inside that membership site. We get a lot of questions. You know, that people are, are asking. We just you, you can just sort of roll through um, the forums and see what questions people are are asking, and then we can kind of you know sort of understand where people are at. Um, you know in their strategy or in their business um you know in sort of development you know when it when it comes to the content content strategy and stuff and so yeah we look at those sort of things we look at you know and like like, you know, having a Facebook group is another way to sort of elevate, um, the relationship that you have with your, with your consumer or your prospect. Um, so just getting, moving them kind of through that, that journey, you know, from however they end up, whether it's referral and there's so many, like, you know, there's so many touch points in which they can, um, and begin that journey. They usually take a pretty, uh, typical path, you know, through there, through your content, maybe calling you, emailing and, you know, having that email list and then, you know, continue to elevate that, that, that conversation,
0: but I think a lot of people miss that idea. You, you know, everybody's used to FAQs, for example, as yeah. a form of content. Well, I, you know, to me, FAQs are very specific. There, there, you know, somebody doesn't typically come to copy and say, "I think I'll check out the FAQs." Um, they, right. they, they come there, they read some stuff, they, they maybe learn about authority course, and then they want to know, "Well, how's this going to work for me? What if I don't like it? You know, that kind of stuff." And I think you have to think in terms of the uh, the 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 con you know where that content is you know in in the journey and and think about you know where you have gaps in, in kind of guiding people on that journey
1: exactly yeah, another thing we do too is we sort of just look to like you know what's going on in the industry and like what needs to be talked about and, it, and you know and as being as i said before, you know an industry leader is kind of a responsibility to comment at least on you know what what's our stance on whether you know ad blockers are uh Facebook policy change or something like that you know so.
0: So uh, obviously, the first goal is getting traffic, getting somebody to maybe be attracted to your headline. But, you know, what are some of your current kind of must do practices to make your content more engaging, you know, more useful kind of throughout? If you're going to write this longer form content, obviously, the bar is higher because it, in my mind, because it, you know, it, it better keep me engaged for 2000 words. That's a big investment.
1: That is a huge investment, yeah, and uh, it's write about people, like write stories, you know, and I always, you know, my wife tells me all the times, I love your articles, the ones where you start off, you open up with a story, you know, whether you made it up just to prove a point or it's actual, you know, re- you're relating something, but, you know, um, yeah, like, you know, uh, is it, I think his name is uh, Ken Berger, um, you know, Great sports writer. You know, that was his his um, his advice to young young cub writer, you know, reporters was write about people and uh, ultimately so you can keep that train, of, that that because that's what we want to read about and, and and that's what we're interested in. People that you relate, of course, your audience can relate to, um, but also too, you know, you know, using subheads throughout and um, you know offering and promising, you know, to 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 solve meaningful um, meaningful problems for people, because I think a lot of times we see these great big, you know, guides and stuff like that. That's like, yeah, you know, like nobody really kind of cares that much about that. So, you know, you've invested all. So it's, 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 it's good to know like, what are the big, um, you know, what are the big issues that, that your customer is grappling with? And, uh, cause really uh, often it's like, if you can find out what the customer's grappling, what their problems are, and you can show that you understand that and you can, and, and, um, you understand it and you can solve it for them it's really not like um uh, that hard to keep their attention because yeah they want to know like you know and so a formula that i like to use is called the, is the problem agitate formula so you open up with the problem like that they can relate to then you sort of agitate it and make them like like say if you don't fix this problem this is what could happen and so it's like it's sort of like a doctor like telling you like 80 percent like 80 percent of him talking to you is about like the bad things happen if you don't have the surgery or take this medication or something like that, you know. And then he offers the solution. You're like, yeah, yeah, of course I want that solution. So. All right, all
0: right. <laughs> so in the early days, particularly, um, I, I think now that there's a lot of writers, there's probably more diversity at Copyblogger. But I, I told Brian, I, I think a, a great deal of um, his success came because he was so good at writing headlines mm-hmm. um, or you know titles to blog posts. Um, how, how much time and energy
1: do you know, folks at Copyblogger put into that one element? I don't know about the rest of them, but like, I know that, um, I put a good deal, like, like those, that's easily the, the part that I, I've always a, a, sort of agonized over and still agonize over. And I've, you know, I've got a pretty thorough process I go through in finding them. But even after that, sometimes, you know, the headline may be changed on the backside. So, um, I know we put a lot of emphasis in, and I always, you know, I always, uh, you know, cause we have, when I'm talking to our editor or, or, um, Pamela, who's sort of over the blog, it's just like mm-hmm. we always talk about the emphasis that has to be on headlines. And I'm like, you know, um, we're having discussions behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if a, if a headline goes up and I'm like, yeah, that's just not working. You know, it's like, here, you know, what do you think about this? Can we change that? Because really, you know, as you, as you sort of alluded to, it's like uh, a great headline can make or break, you know, an article on social media, you know. So it really kind of starts there. And of course, we want to get their attention, hopefully get them to read it.
0: What role um, – you know, people are investing – it used to be, you know, the common wisdom was, oh well, yeah, you need to have a picture. That's nice with your thing. But uh, with your blog post, for example, uh, people seem to be investing a tremendous amount in creating custom graphics and creating uh, images that, uh, that that have content or or context at least in them as well. So what, what role uh, do images play, you think, in
1: helping kind of launch that story? I think um – so if it's just an image for you know just sort of like you know, the top of the page introduction image, I, I think they're useful. And um, but you know if we're talking about but the, those images that like actually bring the point home or or there's something that the the reader can walk away with, like easily, I can look at all of my articles that I wrote. The ones that that have some sort of whether it's a checklist or it's uh you know it's it's a downloadable PD, you know, uh, infographic something like that have. have through through vanity metrics like social media of course um but have far exceeded you know plus traffic have far exceeded anything else i've ever written so i think it's as far as as I i think it's it's you you know, if you don't have to do this with every article, and we don't, and, and because of just the resources, but if you can do like, like once a month, and that's what we kind of shoot for. We try to shoot for like one good infographic a month, you know, a slide, a slide share once a month, and um, some sort of uh, PDF, you know, checklist download once a month, like that. So, cause you don't want to overload people with stuff, but you also um, have those resources for them. I, th- I think it's important. I, th- I think it helps out a lot.
0: Yeah. So. I have two questions. I can't figure out which one I want to ask next. Um, do you think again, going back to that, um, and this this ultimately will just be an opinion, I think, from you. But going back to that um, that time strapped business owner that doesn't have a you know a writing department or a content department. Um, how how. Would you suggest that uh, those kind of folks that, that, you know, they're not, content's not their whole business, content just is a mm-hmm. way to, to drive their marketing.
1: How do they get it done? It's great, uh, yeah. So you know, you, you it doesn't have to be. You now it should probably explain. It doesn't have to be like everything you create doesn't have to be an article. I mean, if you're more comfortable sitting in front of a camera, then do that, you know, and uh, then try to get you know a transcript out of that. But if if like you don't want to do video, but you really don't have time to write it down, like um, I. I I love it, you know, when people like will say what they want to say, and then taking that and then working that into an article because it's often, you know, what it is, mm-hmm. uh, or what it ends up being really. And uh, again, like you know, um, knowing like the sophistication of your audience, which again I'm saying it's probably going to be uh, basic and assume nothing, but um, you don't have to, you know, um, uh, uh, go to great lengths to kind of achieve that goal. But yeah, but you know, if they want to, you know, use some sort of tool to record it and then have somebody else transcribe it, that'd be great, you know, um, or do a video or, or do a podcast or do some sort of audio or something like that. But always, you know, I think what you want, especially for like hyper local businesses that depend upon, you know, uh, the search and the, the, mm-hmm. the uh, the signals that they get from that you know, having the transcript there helps having a great headline that's that, you know, e- even if it's like, you know, um, uh, like what do I do if my back pain is like, you know, too much in my, in my lower back or something like that, being very specific about that.
0: Well, and I think you hit on a, a one of the, the the I think greatest investments that a typical you know local business can make is find somebody who can can take what you've written and turn it into an article. And I think that where a lot of people get stuck is they think well. Um, I'm the doctor, you know, or I'm the lawyer, right. you know, I can't hire right. somebody, right? That. And, and the, the key is just, you know, start talking, you know, talk into yep. a recorder, let that person then take the, the expertise um, and turn it into something that actually gets done. I think it's it's probably, you know, hundred bucks a week, a couple hundred bucks yep. a, a week, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're getting a lot of your, uh,
1: your content need created uh, in a way that's going to serve you. And you can look. A great place to look is like at your local college or university. Yeah. At, you know, in a, in a creative, you know, look at you, look at a, the, the English department or the creative writing department. – like you could get people for fairly inexpensive to do that. Yeah,
0: but you do have to still invest in it. You still have to put some yes. time in. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they'll either hire somebody like that or they'll use one of these services that have cropped up, right, to produce. Uh, content and give them a couple keywords and think that that person's going to spin out you know great content for you. Uh, you you still got to put something into it so that it stays accurate, it stays relevant, and stays in your voice.
1: But yeah, exactly. That's that's the point. It stays in your voice because yeah. that authority needs to be transferred to like okay, I actually know this person, I trust this person. That's that's key. Yeah,
0: because I think the days have sort of warmed over 500 words. Uh, it's really, <laughs> right. Not, really not going to do you much value. Used to be you could get away with it because at least you got some SEO bang out of it. But right. But I don't even think you get that anymore. No. Um, so let's talk about podcasting. Uh, you guys have invested in an entire network really of podcasting, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much gone all in. Um, what's the status? Uh, again, remember I'm talking about – not just to marketers but to business owners that that are looking for ways to market their business what's, what what do you think is the status of that generally in terms of of being a marketing tool uh,
1: podcasting yeah i think that um i think that it's growing like I, you know I, I sort of struggle with this especially for the, like the local sort of uh guy or girl uh because um i think like you know, we found one of our chiropractors that we used, um, we found because he had a, he had had like a really short morning show bit segment, you know, segment. And so it's, and, and in my mind really, you know, that's terrestrial radio, but that's kind of what podcasting is. So, uh, the struggle I think with podcasting is though, is like reaching an audience. You don't, you know, if you're on the radio, then you already have a ready-made audience with podcasting. You have to build that audience. And so you have to go through the steps of, of the promotion and audience building. So, um, you, you know if you already have if you're kind of like a, you know a, a leader in the community and it's really just about networking and promotion and just being because like the people who've done this successfully well as you, as you know and if you've done you've done yourself is, is this like is it, it is about self-promotion it's about growing that audience and sharing the stuff and just showing up day in and day out and creating you know uh, creating that content whether it's you know it's a weekly podcast or whatever and again if it's meaningful stuff that people want and need then um, you know that, that it will get shared and uh, that, that audience will eventually grow
0: yeah, and I, I like to let people off the hook a little bit because I think there are a lot of people that think, well, how do I build an audience and what if nobody listens? I think you're producing great content. So if you sub- yeah. view that as an asset, um, it's worth the time investment. I'll tell you the other little secret that I've told hundreds and hundreds, you no, know, thousands and thousands of people now mm-hmm. is that it's also a great tool to get access. So if you're even a local business and you want – let's say your target marketer are, are you know mid-level CEOs – Start interviewing mid-level CEOs. Just find out what their mid-level, mid-size, I should say, CEOs. Um, You know, find out what their pain points are, their successes are. You might actually be talking to a prospect in the name of of doing an interview, and exactly. And and I think then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, now that makes sense for me to invest my time and energy in it.
1: Well, I love that. I love that strategy too, because like, especially when you're like, you are interviewing and then sharing content about people within that community because people love to talk about themselves and they love to, like, you know, even if it's just kind of a sort of a, you know, small time podcast that, you know, they're going to share that with their friends and family. So you're eventually, you know, going to, yeah, and you know, build an audience that way too.
0: Well, and 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 again, you're building that asset as well, right? Because you know, you look up and you've got twelve shows like that that you you, you can put on a page on your site, and all of a sudden, you know, that's some pretty great content. Exactly. So um, let's end up today talking about um, <clears throat> we haven't, you know, we've talked all about this writing great content, which is. Certainly, I don't know. Is it half of it even? Um, but uh, the other half, of course, is you know how do you get that content out there? How do you encourage people to share? So I wonder if you could maybe share a little bit about what you know what's the copy blogger kind of routine? You know, once I hit publish.
1: Uh, as far as our our content goes, our articles.
0: Yeah, we, you know, what do what do you guys do to make sure that? I mean, obviously, you've got a large following, you have lots of subscribers that it gets pushed out to, but right. you know, what do you do to, to to try to you know amplify and maximize?
1: So yeah, above you know above and beyond, there's because there's the daily newsletter that gets pushed out with uh, the the blog post. So I think making sure people have like like you know giving people options to either subscribe. Um, ver- via an RS feeder like feedly or something but uh, you know also that describe you know what we re- what you really want is the email inbox and um, so then we also um, of course, share, we, we typically, if we have a particular piece that we want to, you know, um, promote, we'll go either site-wide or just like, you know, editorial, say, hey, can you please share this on your, you know, um, your social media site. So we encourage people with that inside the company and re- we'll reach out to a few, you know, uh, influencers outside if we've written about them in that particular mm-hmm. article to, to, to make mention that, hey, we, we've uh, quoted this, uh, would you mind sharing it? um you know with your audience and then of course on our own you know uh, as an author of a particular piece, I got a lot of investment in sharing that so um you know I just kind of go uh, uh, crazy on my own social media site sharing that content too and everything so I I've heard I don't we don't do this, but I know that some people um like Alex over I think at, at Groove HQ he, um, he has like an influence A lot of people have like influencer list where they kind of build this like you know, this insider group email list of uh, people who will sh- you know promise to share each other's content and stuff like that. And um, so yeah, I know that it works ex- successfully well for him. Shane Snow from from contently like he did that too and stuff. So
0: yeah, and, and again, taking that down to the local business, you know, we've, every local business ought to have eight or ten or twelve strategic partners uh, that they yeah. might actually be doing that with. It doesn't, you know, I think a lot of times pe- people get turned off i mean you know we use the words influencers and influence marketing and podcasting and sometimes people get turned off because of what they see or perceive as you know what that means Well, you can take it down to the tiniest level you want and it'll still have um, some real benefit
1: exactly yeah. so
0: demian thanks so much for joining me uh, i know uh, thank you john you guys are doing great things at copyblogger i've obviously been a fan and and you know, Brian and I often tease each other. Uh, he, he's <laughs> say, saying that uh, we were the you know the first ones talking about uh, internet marketing for you know not for slimy people or something like
1: that. I right, guess. right, exactly. <laughs> no, it was an honor to be on your show. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Well, you take care, and I
0: guess uh, I guess I'll throw you a bone and say you know hopefully we can have a Royals Cardinals uh, uh, World Series by the time somebody's listening to this they may know <laughs>
1: exactly uh, well how that
0: uh, turned out but we're 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 recording this actually on the first day of the playoffs for uh, the 2015 uh, season so uh, hopefully we'll uh, maybe maybe we'll come over there to uh, uh, I'll get some tickets and we'll come over there uh, and uh, cheer on my Royals <laughs>
1: sounds good man <laughs> all
0: right thanks bye bye.